Thank you for listening to the Hillsview Men's Ministry. We are a group of men building relationships to equip and encourage each other. That is uh, true to uh, what Higher Ground is about, is establishing those, those relationships and, um, and cementing them in. And then, and then, of course, the most important part, when we have our speakers bringing us God's Word so that we can strengthen our walk in Christ. Uh, I get more and more excited every time, every time we do this. It's just seeing, seeing how God's working in everybody's lives. And, and that's exciting because we don't see a lot of that out there. And so to see that in here and watch you guys just all kind of, you know, taking that out there and being the light, that's, that's really really inspiring. So let me pray up uh, Dale, and then we'll we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for uh, your, your continued promises that uh, we unfold and we, we take to heart, and uh, uh, we just meditate on, Lord, and we're, we're so thankful for those promises. Lord, we're, we're thankful for each time that you lay your word on somebody's heart for our, for our men's ministry, Father. Um, I just pray that... Uh, You'll uh, speak through Dale and uh, give him the words and the confidence and all that he needs to do, Lord, and just has to hang on your coattails, and, and we just know that's enough, Father. Thank you so much, and uh, we just ask for your blessings on, on your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit. And... Okay. <clears throat> My name's... Uh... Jose Jimenez. Fire! <laughs> no, my name's Dale Royce. I'm a retired pastor and a member of Hillsview Church, thank God. And I uh, just appreciate being here, and I thank you for the invitation, Cal. I'm also a retired Army Reservist, and uh, so Cal and I have a lot in common there. Um, that's all I'm going to tell you about me, because <clears throat> it would take too long to tell the story, because I'm pretty old. I don't know if you've noticed or not. But uh, so to kind of break the ice a little bit, I thought I'd, I wouldn't do the old clap your hand thing like we did the last time. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a joke. Is that okay? It's going to be real spiritual here. But, um, you know, as you get older, things change. And your perspectives change. And the things that you value change. Um, but this old man and this old lady were laying in bed one night, and his wife said, Honey, would you please... Just rub my shoulder like you used to. So he started to rub her shoulders. And about two seconds later, he quit. So she <clears throat> elbowed him real quick. And he, oh. She said, not like that. <sighs> Honey, would you rub my back like you used to? So he began to rub her back, and he's really exasperated by this time. And he did it about two seconds. And she <clears throat> elbowed him really hard. He, oh. he lost his breath. He said, Okay, honey. She said, honey, can you nibble on my ear like you used to? He jumped out of bed and he took off front. She said, where are you going? He said, I've got to get my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I got on mine. (laughs) Amen. Well, things change. Things change. But, But the way God values us does not change. Yes. You can't hear me? Oh my, where's Lee? Let me move up here. Can you hear me now? Okay. 
You guys are really in trouble. Get <laughs> me a mic. I want to talk today with an elevated voice until I get my microphone um, about uh, the seven crowns. And I don't, this is not a theologically perfect thing or whatever, but it has to do with the way God values us and how he rewards us and how we have, I would say, quote, earned our reward. If you want to, not that we earn anything really. Um, salvation, that is, by our works, but we do earn rewards. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and give a little background on that. And and I was conflicted because Cal said, hey, can you do this? And he wanted me to talk about something that was on his heart. And and uh, so I'm praying, meditating about it, and I think I'm going I'm to try and mold them together, but I don't know. Um, if you all leave here just scratching your head, I'll understand <laughs> Hello? Okay, there you go, now I don't have to yell. Okay, okay, if everyone, um, let's listen, can I say another quick prayer? Lord, just uh, ask your blessing on this right now and, and, and alleviate some of my nervousness. Um, just ask, Lord, you just touch our minds and ears in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if, if you know anything about crowns, um, they're in the Bible, um, they're given to royalty. They're given to people who have various backgrounds. Most of them are born into the royalty. Some of them usurped authority and became royalty. Some of them assassinated people to become royalty. And some of them became anointed because of God's free gift, and like David, for instance. So I wanted to, to just cover some of this. There, there are some things that we, we don't deserve as Christians and one of those things, I think, is salvation. Can you say amen? We don't, we don't deserve that. Um, but if you'll turn in Revelation chapter 2, I, I, I forgot, you know, this is a men's breakfast. Nobody brings their Bible. <laughs> I, never, I usually never bring mine because I'm usually listening. And, and I had a whole bunch of sticky notes here I was going to hand out to everybody, and I thought, Dale, that's pretty dumb because you never bring your Bible. Why would they bring their Bible too? So. Um, let's see. This is to the church in Smyrna. And um, the angel, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, these are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they're Jews, but they're not, but are a, of a synagogue of Satan, then do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you'll suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. That's, that's the first crown that I wanted to mention. Um, it's called a crown of life. <clears throat> Um, there's my wife used to work at an OBG. She actually managed a, a women's clinic in, in Oregon for about 19 years. And um, they delivered most of the babies in Hood River. <clears throat> and um, she experienced that experience of life almost on a daily basis. Thousands of babies being born. 
And when we see life happening, um, it's, it's like with Blake's child. What a miracle that baby was, and what a miracle God did to bring that baby out of what happened there. I mean, and just imagine the difference would have been had there not been life as a result of that. So we've got something that we don't deserve. We deserve death completely, but God's given us life. Amen? So everyone take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I'm dying here. No. No, exhale. <laughs> You've got life. Amen. A crown of life. But what qualified that crown of life? He who overcomes is what qualified that crown of life. So we may, we're going to experience some things, I think, in this country that... Um, I, I, this is not an eschatological message, but I will say this, that the more a nation becomes more secularized the further away it gets from God, and the natural progression will be persecution and that sort of thing, okay? We don't, we're not suffering what, like they do in Libya or in Egypt or anything like that, but eventually, unless the church rises up like a mighty army um, in this country, uh, that's the way we're headed. And we're going to overcome, though, because God's given us a crown of life. And, and so, um, whoever has, let me see. Dave, could you read Luke? Chapter 12, I believe, it's verses 42 through 48. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will, and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. That's, that can be pretty heavy, huh? So we've been given a lot in America, haven't we? We're very blessed in this country. Um, probably the most blessed country on the face of the planet right now. And <clears throat> we've been given so much. And so what I'm talking about, some prerequisites or, or curriculum vitae or whatever, your resume for your crown. And one of them is being faithful. And if you agree, that's okay if you say amen, because I'm an old Baptocostal, you can say that. It would help me a lot. Right? <laughs> thank you, thank you. So some of that has to do with our attitude towards our worldview, too. I mean, there was for a while a prevalent attitude, I'm not sure how prevalent it is now, where there used to be like a hold the fort for, I am coming, Lord, come and save me, like almost like a, we're ready for the rapture now, and I mean, we are ready for the return of the Lord, but I mean, instead of having the attitude, Lord, make me worthy to suffer, we're like, Lord, deliver me from suffering. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Lord, help us to have that attitude that if we do suffer, I'm not, un, I'm not worthy, but I am thankful, Lord, that I can. Can we develop that attitude? I mean, can we break up that ground in our minds? Because it really takes a change in American thought, almost, to think that way, now doesn't it? So, anyway, so, with that said, let me read James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Amen. How many of you love the Lord? So what's he promised you? Does God break his promises? He's promised you a crown of life. And that crown is something that, um, it's, it's almost like a quality you have because God gave it to us. So, um, Matthew chapter 24, somebody could read that. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a country, our country, who called his own servants and delivered his good, goods to, to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you have delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful to over the few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you have delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know. You be hard, be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And as I was afraid, and went and hid in your town in the ground, look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. And I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers at my coming. I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. 
For to everyone who has more, more will be given. And he who will have abundance put far from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And the cast of the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Um, that's also kind of heavy. But it has to do with what God's given us and what, it, what has he given us? He's given us life, the crown of life. He's given us the attribute of life. That crown basically symbolizes it. And I'll get a little bit more into what a crown symbolizes in a moment. But um, uh, Matthew 25 is also something, Gene, could you read that? Let me give you this mic. something we don't deserve God has given us he's given us a crown or a, um, an attribute if you want to call it that of life and in life we're giving certain responsibilities and we're giving certain gifts and talents from the one who gave it all and so we have a responsibility to apply those talents in our culture or in our workplace and our families Wherever we can be salt and light to permeate, we are responsible to do that. Can you say amen? amen. Okay. So that's the heavy part. It's a witness. Praise God. Okay, 1 Corinthians, let me read this scripture to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. Um, <clears throat> let me read first, begin... Verse 22, to the weak, Paul is writing, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Then he gets down to the rubber, meeting the road. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So 
it tells me there's effort involved in fulfilling what God has given us. Amen? Is that kind of what the implication is there? So we are running a race to win it. I'll never forget it. Um, it's been half a century or so ago when I was in high school. But I used to wrestle. And um, the year, one of the years I wrestled was, uh, I was wrestling the guy the year before was, had taken the weight class in state. But he'd gone up a weight class, so he was slower. So anyway, we wrestled to a tie. I was so mad because I didn't beat him. I wanted to win. And then um, another example of maybe wanting to, just making sure that I finished what I wanted to do and do what I wanted to do and win the races. When I was in the military, they have a, in the medical corps, they have in the army, they have what they call the expert field medical badge. And it's the, it's the highest peacetime award for a medic in the army. And um, I passed all the, the stations and all I had left was a 12-kilometer force march with full gear and combat boots and the whole LBE and everything else. And I had to do 12 clicks in three hours. So three miles an hour with everything on. It's not that fast unless you're wearing full gear. It's not that fast. And fortunately, I had somebody with me to pace me. When I got done, I made it. I won it. I earned it. And I put more moleskin on my feet than a man should ever put on his feet. But that's another example of earning something that you really desire. But what about us? Do, do we want that? How badly do what kind of a crown do we want? What do we want our crown to look like? I mean, we have a crown of life. But we've got a different explanation of this. It's called an imperishable crown, I guess, in one of the versions of the English Standard Version. This, what I just read you, is called uh, a crown that it's not going to fade away. It's going to last forever. It's an imperishable crown. Um, so I did a little bit of research, a little word study on what a crown is. And it's interesting that when you read the word crown, in the New Testament especially, it comes from a Greek word. It just means to wind a wreath. When you think of that, don't you think of that crown of thorns Jesus was wearing? So, but we're going to get a crown of life. And he got a crown of thorns. It doesn't seem like a fair trade, does it? But I'm thankful that, I'm so thankful that he did that. So it's an imperishable. imperishable. So let me read it from 2 Timothy chapter, hmm, chapter 4 and verses 6, 6 through 8. For everything... Let's see, let me start with verse 4. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God in prayer. And if you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you follow. Am I reading the right one? No, I'm not. Wrong book. Save your tomatoes for later. <laughs> Verses 6 through 8 in 2 Timothy. That would help to be in the right book, wouldn't it? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul said, and this is one of the last epistles that he wrote. And he's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he said, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. 
Can that happen in America? And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who've longed for his appearing. Don't you just long for his appearing? Uh, it's a crown of righteousness that we've never deserved. Thank God he did the work. Amen? And we're going to have a crown. Uh, when the battle, remember that song, When the Battle's Over, We Shall Wear a Crown? Anybody old enough to remember that? Somebody. Am I the only old one here? When the battle's over, we... Billy Sunday used to have that song. I'm not that old, but Billy Sunday used to have that song sung at some of his revival meetings. And it was called, When the Battle's Over, We Shall Wear a Crown. We Shall Wear a Crown. We Shall Wear a Crown. When the Battle's Over, We Shall Wear a Crown in the New Jerusalem. And then there's a chorus that goes along with that. When the Battle's Over. If we're not fighting, then we're not living. another witness <laughs> so we have a crown of life we've got an imperishable crown think about it that crown that Jesus wore even on when he was on the cross was a perishable crown wasn't it it was made out of a wreath now of those of you that have Christmas trees you know what a perishable tree is going to do right about mid-January or if you're like me you keep it up to your birthday in mid-January Maybe you're not like me, take it down day after Christmas. But if it's a real tree, it's, it's going to perish, isn't it? You're going to have to throw it in the garbage or something. It's not planted. It's not alive. But if you have a live tree, like something like some people do, they plant their trees and they have flower pots in their living room and they decorate them. I've seen it. And they keep the tree. Small trees, of course, but... If it's alive, it's not going to perish. And that's the key to our imperishable crown is that it's alive and it's righteous. Um, there's, let me read a couple more scriptures and then I'll get into the, the meat of the message. Just kidding. Are you with me still? You won't know, but I'm, I am terrified. Uh, whenever I handle the word of God, I get really nervous because I want to make sure I'm preaching or teaching what God would have us teach. So I don't I don't treat it lightly. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verses 19 and 20, and it's talking about a crown of rejoicing. One of these days, praise God, we're going to get out of this place called earth and we're going to we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Can you say amen? amen? Must have been something I did. Let's see, let me find this. See, I'm so nervous, I can't even find the scripture that I'm looking for. Paul's longing to see the Thessalonians. He said, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, 
in person, not in thought. Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly, I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. Have you ever had a plan to do something for God, and you felt like Satan stopped you doing it? This is what happened. For what is our hope? What is our joy or the crown in which we will glory in in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? And this is almost like a soul winner's crown. How often do we talk to those we meet on a daily basis about the goodness of Jesus Christ? That's part of the glory of, of the rejoicing of the crown God's given us is that we will share Jesus with others, sharing life with others, sharing imperishability with others, sharing righteousness with others. It's when we share our crown with others. See, our crown isn't just, it's, we, we like to think of it being a, a physical thing we're going to wear in heaven. And in, in some, maybe, depending on your theology, that's what's going to happen. But it has more to do with your what God has given you than and one of your attributes because of what God's done with you. So uh, we want to have a crown of rejoicing. And I don't know about you, but have you ever won somebody to the Lord? Have you talked to somebody about Jesus? How good it feels to see somebody you have witnessed to go down into the waters of baptism. Amen? Or just someone saying, yeah, I, I believe the Lord Jesus. That is just something... Brother Ron, when you baptize someone in that horse trough, I feel like just jumping up and doing a Pentecostal thing, actually. But um, because it's exciting to me to see people being buried in the name of the Lord. Amen. And to take on Christ in the water, to say, I'm his and he's mine. Amen. It's a crown of rejoicing. Amen. So it's a soul winner's crown. I want to have more of a soul winner's crown. I've got neighbors I'm still trying to reach, but I'm old, and they're my demographic. And sometimes younger people can't identify with a guy like me, right? Maybe they can. I don't know, I should shave. Maybe dye my hair black. But unfortunately, there's roadmaps that would betray my age. So... But you reach who you can reach in your demographic so you can have a crown of rejoicing. Amen? In your workspace, wherever you are. And then in Hebrews, let me turn to Hebrews. I knew it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Some of you are real familiar with this scripture. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The writer Hebrews is quoting the Psalms. The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. And you put everything under his feet. And in putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Now here the writer is speaking of Jesus Christ. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels. Now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. He took a crown of glory. I'm thinking of crowns of glory in heaven. When we see Jesus, it's going to be such an honorable crown. 
No one is worth more honor than Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so he is crowned with glory and honor. And we're going to get into this crown of glory. This is where I really want to start focusing what we're talking about as far as attributes are concerned. But if you make it to heaven, you're going to have a crown of honor also. That's a good thought. Amen? Amen. When you make it to heaven, you will have a crown of honor. In 1 Peter chapter 5, this is kind of where, Cal, this is where we're going to try and meld it together. Amen. God is good. All the time. How many of you are old enough to remember uh, Nancy Honeytree? Honeytree? Second chapter of Acts? Mike, John Michael Talbot? Oh, now you remember. Okay. Old guy. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to get some guys to relate. Some elders here to relate. Anybody here older, older than 55? Raise your hand. Feeling better now. Had 15 years of that. All right. This is kind of the meat of what I'm going to talk about, and I won't spend a lot of time on this because I've already spoken for about half an hour already. Um, <clears throat> Peter's, Peter's epistles are just so rich, and I know pastors uh, taught on them several times. But I wanted to bring this home to us where in 1 Peter chapter 5, um, Paul is writing, or excuse me, Peter's writing, Peter, Paul, and Mary, mixed up all the time. But to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. The word elder in the New Testament from the Greek means older. There's no spin on that. Okay, so to the olders. That's why I said any, you know, 55 whatsoever. Um, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory revealed. There's that word glory. Be shepherds of God's flock. Who's he talking to? That's a question. Who did he just who did he just address? Every believer. The elders. Isn't that who he addressed right there? Okay, he said, so elders, you are shepherds. And I'm not speaking of usurping a pastor's authority or anything like that. I'm just saying that as an obligation to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are shepherds to protect and defend sheep and flocks. Amen? So it says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Now, that word, that part, serving as overseers, is not found in some translations. Not because you must, but because you are willing. Amen. As God wants you to be. And that part, as God wants you to be, is not in some translations also. Not greedy for money. We're not doing this because we're going to get rich. Unless pastor's got a Mercedes in his driveway or something. No? No Lincoln Continental? No Tesla? Okay. <laughs> but eager to serve. So elders in here, I'm, going to, I'm just going to say this. Well, I didn't say this. Peter said this. We need to be 
examples and eager to serve in this church. Can you say amen? amen? Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, who is that? Capital S. <laughs> Superman. The chief shepherd, when he appears, you will receive the crown of glory. Boy, that is exciting. That will never fade away. And I wanted to just go down some points here. The elders we share in Christ's suffering. We're supposed to. That's why I said maybe as Americans we should change our end time parent, not, not your belief, but the way we have a worldview like, Lord, I hope I don't have to suffer. You know, Lord, protect us. or You know, the negative attitude towards that. But instead of having a negative attitude towards suffering, not that we want to welcome it, but we want to consider ourselves unworthy and be thankful that God would consider us worthy for that type of suffering. Doesn't that go counterintuitive to an American thought process? It sure does. But Lord, help us to have that because we want to share in Christ's suffering. And then we are elders. Okay, raise your hand if you're over 55. Put, mm -hmm. I can raise my hand twice. Elders are shepherds of God's flock. And I, I had a little handout about what a shepherd was, but I think everybody knows what a shepherd is. I do know this, that sheep are pretty dumb. They're dumb animals. I'd rather have a goat than a sheep. At least goats are fun. They'll jump on your car. <laughs> Anything that's elevated, they'll jump on. They'll run. They'll walk after you like a dog. Um, the, if, if they're with a group of people walking down in the pasture, they'll follow you just like a pet. Sheep are like dumb. And when the Lord calls a sheep, he wasn't being very flattering because they will poop and eat in their own poop. They won't get out of the rain. They take something to lead them, to guide them. We need to be shepherds of God's flock. We are sheep, but we are, as elders, we are shepherds. So help us, Lord, to have that mindset to protect people and help guide people in the right way. Because if we do that, we will receive a crown of glory. Elders are willing. pastor hasn't had to draft anybody yet. Have you? I was number nine in the draft. Guess what? I joined. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be infantry, so I went into the medical corps instead. So we want to be willing. Amen. Willing. Lord, what can I do to help, Pastor? What can I do to help, Randy? What can I do to help, Cal? I mean, Larry. I mean, what can I do? What can I do to help the kingdom of God be strong against what may be coming? Amen. Elders are not greedy for money. Well, some of them aren't. I'm not going to go into the television preacher thing right now. But, um, and then elders are eager to serve. Not just willing, but eager to serve. And then elders are examples to the flock. And I might add the shepherds and elders in this respect, and what Peter is saying here, we're one and the same. They're one and the same. And then finally, the crown of glory that we receive, we shall receive, is one that will not fade. I had an old 
Well, I got an old pickup, and uh, it's 1985 F-150, and I couldn't get one of the lights to look like the other one because it, it was a 1985 light versus a you know versus a 2016 light. And you know, it's just age, it was fading. So you get all the rubbing compound on it and everything else and try to get it all clear and everything like the other one. You gotta replace it, you gotta have the same new bulb as the other one. So it's gotta be new, it's gotta be replaced. So, but we're not gonna have something that's gonna have to be replaced. We've got a crown that's coming, it's a crown of glory. It is not ever gonna fade. Hallelujah. It's never gonna fade. And so when I talk about um, having a crown of glory, I, I had to think about our Bible study Tuesday night. We had, we have, um, every now and then we have a pretty good Bible study. <laughs> sometimes uh, I lead it and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not so good. Um, but the word glory that we just talked about is crown of glory. It comes from a word, let me see if I can find that definition. It comes from the same root word, from the Greek word uh, doxa, doxa, where we get our word doxology from. And then when we talked about Tuesday night in Romans, we were studying the book of Romans, and we talked about how um, those that the Lord calls, he justifies. Those that he justifies, he what? Glorifies. Wow. And the word glorified comes from, see, witness, comes from the word doxazu or doxadzo, from the same root word doxa. So when we're talking about a crown of glory, we're basically talking about how God views us as being glorified individuals. How's that feel? <laughs> you feel glorified? <laughs> glorified individuals. And that word glorified means to praise, to extol, to magnify, celebrate. Think about the life we have in Christ. Amen. No longer an old man, but a new man. Amen. To honor or to do honor to, to hold an honor, to make glorious, to adorn with luster. Look how God sees us. Hallelujah. Clothed with splendor. Man. But I don't feel like that today, Lord. That doesn't matter how we feel about it. If God's covered you with his blood, if you've asked for forgiveness and he's covered you with his blood, he's working on me like that little kid's song. He's still working on me. Making me what he ought to be. And I'm not going to sing the rest of it because nobody knows the words. To impart glory to something or render it excellent. So think about it. Think about this, how excellent we are because of what he did. Amen. That's powerful. I gotta, I'm going to have a crown of glory. Because I'm glorified. Can you say amen? amen. Say, I'm going to have a crown. Everyone say it with me. I'm going to have a crown. And I'm glorified. Don't tell your wife that. <laughs> Praise God. Crown of glory. 
Man, that, that's enough to make you want to shout. To make renowned or render illustrious. Wow. All because of what Jesus did. All because of what Jesus did. So that's some of the crowns we're going to have, but it's really attributes, aren't they? Things that God has given us that we have not deserved, but praise God, he gave it to us. Amen. By faith are you saved. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this word and thank you for your promises. They are true and righteous altogether. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us as elders to be shepherds to the flock. And we just ask, Lord, that you bless the leadership of our church. Lord, help us all to be what you called us to be and to be wise stewards and to be someone who has been given much will apply what we have been given to our community and to our church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.